walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of The Shock Factor. We just watched two baseball games in a row. Jake, Jordan, what did you guys think of the baseball games? Should we get into that? How are you doing? Where do we start? Where do we begin? There's a lot of questions. I feel like I'm being interrogated. You're right. We did watch two baseball games in a row. I feel like the Cal Ripken of watching baseball games. Three baseball games in a row, Jordan. Oh, boy. <laughs> Four, sort of. Um, Jake and I uh, began our day over at Round Rock High School for some high school ball, since there is a high schooler throwing 98 miles an hour just down the road. But then we did make our way over to Del Diamond for day two. Del Diamond, Del Diamond, Del Diamond, thanks to Doug, the Diamond, right, Steve? Diamond. Del Diamond here at Round Rock, Carbach Round Rock Classic. We had Iowa against LSU, the first game, and then we had Sam Houston State, the greatest baseball team that I've ever seen with my two eyes, um, laying the smack down on K-State. But we will begin, as we did yesterday, uh, with our, our day one wrap uh, with the first game. And Steve, uh, this was a very different Iowa Hawkeyes team than the one we saw last night. Is that fair to say? Yeah, very fair to say. It was an interesting game. I don't think anything went to Iowa's plan, like the way they drew it up. But they ended up pulling it out pretty, pretty handily, I yeah. would say. As far as tw- I mean, twelve to four victories. I, I do. So, so, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? What, what, what did not go their way? I mean, I sort of see what you're getting at. I, go, I'm go just ahead. mainly talking starting pitching. Brody Brecht last week he was just phenomenal. This week he he didn't give up any runs. He it was just the weirdest kind of start. He threw ninety pitches. I think forty of them were strikes. Then he got ejected. Which, like, just to add to the wonkiness, he walked eight guys, mm-hmm. but he hung zeros for yeah. most of those innings. So, yeah, so two, he did end up having a couple of those runs cashed in. So he did have two runs on his line, but only allowed one hit um, and struck out six, eight walks, a couple wild pitches. As you said, 40 pitches of 90 for strikes. And Jake and I only got to see that the back half of his outing, he touched 101. I mean, it, was, it seemed like a, quite an experience. You know who Brody Brett could use? Wes Johnson, LSU's magical pitching coach. Wes Johnson's on the over in the other dugout, like, oh my god! <laughs> he's like, he's like, Paul Skeens is not my friend. What is it? What's the meme? Oh yeah, my friendship. Old- friendship ended with Paul Skeens. Uh, yes, yes. Brody. Brody Brecht is my new best friend. Um, yes. Uh, and which again, let's show some respect to to their new pitching coach, uh, Sean McGrath, who has also done done a great job. Um, in, in his young career, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, all the all the components were the stuff was ridiculous, but this was like from everyone that was again watching every pitch. This was like twenty fastball command, and fortunately, his slider was completely absurd, and it didn't matter. Yeah, his sliders just wipe out, and you really need your fastball to get that slider working to its maximum capabilities because his slider it has the movement to where it can start on the plate and finish off the plate and that seems to be his pitch plan but if you don't establish the fastball you're just taking all the way yeah yeah and then once you get to you know two balls three balls it's like well let's see if i can throw a strike here up oh, nope there's another walk <laughs> yeah it is the type of guy where you are feeling at harm you are in harm's way you are crossing a busy highway every time you step in the box against Brody Brecht. Uh, 64% sliders of those 90 of those ninety pitches. 
68% whiff rate. So that's not on the total sliders, but of, of the swings at the sliders, 68% whiff rate, which is completely ridiculous. So yeah, it was it was a crazy thing. But 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 much more importantly, uh, the Iowa offense looked like a completely different team than the one we saw last night. I think it's time for a little cold hard truth, Steve. Riley Cooper, your fellow big bearded boy, big bearded boy, may not be long for the Saturday role for the LSU Tigers. I hope we're wrong, but it I, wasn't a great it wasn't a great showing. I agree with you. And here's why. I think early in the season, you got a new team where it's a bunch of different pieces yep. bun- coming from all different. You got guys coming from high schools. You got guys coming from the Power Five. You got guys coming from everywhere. I think they got, they got, they literally got Paul Skeens from the air. Like they, yeah. pulled, he was in the atmosphere. He was just floating by. And Wes Johnson reached up and said, Hey, come here. Come here, buddy. You're like going to pitch like, for me. Like a balloon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think early in the season, it's really good to have him out there starting. And it's because he's just a veteran guy. He's been through it. So these young guys, you know, even if he doesn't do great, they can see how you're supposed to handle adversity at the college level. And that's personally why I think they're doing what they're doing with him. I think someone else will be in that role come conference play. But I personally really like it. And they have the arms to do that. I think they're just building up Christian little to the point where he can Thatcher heard to the point where they can start on the weekend. But you're right, Jordan. I, I was offense. Was. Yeah. Well, and also the last thing else is, I mean, they lost Grant Taylor like two weeks ago, right? I mean, he right. would have obviously been in the weekend rotation. So that I'm sure had them scrambling, but no, the Iowa offense was crazy for, they looked as good today as they did bad last night. And they looked terrible last night. <laughs> and I can say that now because now I'm telling you how good they look today. Uh, top five hitters in their lineup all had multiple hits and scored multiple runs uh, with home runs from Keaton Anthony in the first. And then an absolute rocket from Brennan DeRiggi, uh later on. He also had two doubles. He looked fantastic. He looked more like the guy that you're bringing in who's 23 years old and just demolished uh, the baseball at Wofford last year. Uh, Huxdorf looked good. You know, Peterson had some good swings. Like that offense was, I, I was, it was very impressive. And he, even again, like the, all the LSU arms are really talented. So that is no, no small feat. Uh, they, they only walked one time. Like they were up there hacking, <laughs> and, it, and it worked. Um, Sixteen hits on the day. So uh, yeah, any other uh, specific moments in the the Iowa LSU game we, we want to touch on? Anthony Homer was amazing. It was awesome. backside tank, which His we saw last night. Power is ridiculous, man. It really is. He just timed it up a little bit better. He hit that foul home run last night. He went to bed on it and said, hmm, maybe if I start just a little bit earlier, it'll go over the fence. And he did. Yeah. He did. He made the adjustment. Yeah. I'm really curious about him because he was eligible last year and had an 1,100 OPS, 14 homers. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to see what kind of numbers he can put up this year. I know it seems like pretty limited defensively, but – Really, really strong, strong, uh, impressive hitter. But very good to see Dorigi uh, kind of getting off there. And, and then, I, I mean, you know, LSU had, uh, you know, Cruz was still, I mean, Cruz is crushing the ball. He hasn't quite <laughs> elevated it yet, but he is hitting the ball ridiculously hard. Uh, he's been really, really, really impressive. Rest of the LSU offense, I mean, they only had four hits and Cruz had two of them. So offense didn't really come to play. But it's, again, you're not really comfortable facing Brody Brecht, even if they're putting you on base they got smoked today like this was a real legitimate stomping they made a big mistake in the first inning on that first and third play mm-hmm. two outs runner steals and the, they just kind of no cover the bag like you just eat, either eat it or throw the guy out that led an extra run to score and then it just kind of spiraled on them 
I do have to say though, it it wasn't all bad today for um for LSU, Jordan. Yeah. What, why, 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 why do you say that? Uh, Mondo Duplantis uh, <laughs> broke the uh, uh, high jump, the pole his jump own, world record. His own world record, which I believe he's broken like 20 times you know now. No. Antoine Duplantis, do you know that name? I've he played at LSU. Name. Yeah, yeah. Third, I believe third all-time in hits in SEC history. Yeah, he's, he's up there. He, uh, he is the, like, the worst athlete in his family. <laughs> like His <laughs> little brother Mondo, Mondo Duplantis, is the greatest pole vaulter in the history of Mankind. That's a good skill to have because think about it. How many times have you been walking down the street and thought, I'd love to be 12 feet higher? <laughs> you know, I got this long pole, but but I need to change my elevation. He can do it. I can't. 6.22 meters for Mondo Duplantis. So that's true. The LSU, LSU fans are doing just fine tonight because they know uh, what the Duplantis family is delivering on the international stage. Um, but yes, uh, but other than that, I mean, hey, first, you know, First loss of the year, and, and they'll be fine. They'll be okay. I'm really excited. We're going to get to Sam Houston. I'm very, very, very excited for tomorrow night's game. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, they weren't going to go undefeated, and this was a, a, a healthy stomping uh, courtesy of the Hawkeyes. The 1972 Dolphins can rest easy tonight as the LSU Tigers will not be going undefeated in 2020. I'm sure they were just shaking thinking about that and yeah, yeah. the possibility. Worried. Uh, do we need to? I, I know the you know we, we had a Brody Brecht uh, ejection after he. Oh, came let's out. talk about the Brody Brecht ejection. Yes. So, Steve, tell us about that. So he came out of the game. Everyone was like, "Okay, he's done." It's pretty short outing, mm-hmm. and then he just walked out. Mm-hmm. Just walked out. Everyone was like, "What's going on?" And I, I didn't see this, but apparently on the broadcast, he had some trouble finding the exit, which. Really reasonable considering baseball fields disguise the exits to look like outfield <laughs> fence. But apparently, like, that's my biggest fear as a baseball player was being on the field and, when like, holding are- up the game. Yeah. Like, you give me a, you give me one of those bullpens that's on the field, I am throwing at least five pitches away out of ten. So that's what happened to Brody Brecht. Steve. Essentially. No, Brody Brecht got uh, ejected. On his way off the field, because uh, this was described to me by a scout as a freebie. The idea (laughs) that Brody Brecht was removed from the game, his outing was done, and at this point, you have no reason not to get ejected. You're not going to keep I don't know how suspensions work for this. I I think you need multiple ejections to get a suspension. No, I I think you get like one suspension, or the first suspension is like a one-game suspension. But But if you're a pitcher, it doesn't matter. First ejection. No, that's what I figure, but I'm just, you know, I don't know if he'll be around tomorrow or or whatever. But, yeah, no, I I agree with that. We did learn, I believe, after the fact that what he said was, you've been fucking horrible today, (laughs) is what he said to the umpire. And... Honestly, I think that's decently respectful. He didn't say, you're fucking horrible. Yeah. He said, you've been fucking horrible today. Exactly. Right? He, he left it open for interpretation that he could be good tomorrow. And uh, open and, for improvement. Yeah. All he was doing was saying, hey, shake it off, kid. You'll get him tomorrow. That's, and he got tossed for it. That's, that's <laughs> and, and while I will say on that point um, that, uh, you know, I, I talking to Mike Farron about the game. It sounds like the umpire wasn't having the best day. That said, an umpire alone is not getting you to eight walks. And no, so no, <laughs> I'm no. sure it was um, a combination of these. I, also, it was a here's, team effort. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. Um, again, listen, we, we're going we're gonna to hate on umpires uh, plenty this season. But I also like to defend them when, when, when the time is right. And I'm not saying he was good today. However, 
Umpiring Brody Brecht does not appear particularly easy. (laughs) I imagine that is not a baseball I am seeing especially well relative to the average college star. That's why I threw slower, just so umpires could really see where it was crossing. (laughs) That's a good man right there. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, that's where I'm at uh, with Brody Brecht. But no, I mean, people were, I mean, maybe it wasn't quite as as dominant, but he's, wow, what a guy. All right, uh, that's first game. Uh, Jake, are we going to take a quick break? And then we will return with game two of day two at the Carbach Round Rock Classic. Today's show is brought to you by Carbach Brewing Company. Last night, Stevie and I and uh, like 25 other people went down to the lobby of our Spring Hill Suites with a big trash can full of ice and a whole lot of Carbach beer. Steve, how'd you feel this morning? I felt great. Felt great, refreshed, hydrated, ready to get after it. boy, And that's because Carbach beer is delicious and we had the i would say last night we had the right amount we did we did we We did not have too much baseball stories were flowing yeah that's like the pinnacle of drinking yeah carbock beer wasn't the only thing flowing no it wasn't the stories the friendships and the memories thank you carbock for the memories. so if you're looking to get a little bit tipsy in the lobby of your hotel make sure that you choose carbock brewing uh, thank you to Carbach again for non-officially sponsoring this podcast. Uh, let's move on to game two of our day today. A game that was similar to last night, uh, yesterday's game two, in that Sam Houston State just very, very calmly and coolly just kind of smacked the other team around. And any notion that, uh, you know, I think we wondered, oh, would Sam Houston State as, as the, the lone Texas rep here in Round Rock, would they have an advantage? It appears that is very much the case as they have banged out 31 hits over the last 24 hours, 28 hours uh, with two uh, decisive victories I believe over this, Iowa and Kansas State. Despite not getting a single hit from, from Carl, the guy from who Carlos Contreras. 400 last Correct. year. Correct. <laughs> Carlos Contreras is a, is a cool 0 for 10, and the rest of the team is hitting 900. So, um, uh, which now we will get to Contreras, you know, had one of the better plays of the game. We'll get to that a little bit later. But just a, just a decisive, dominant victory. We have to talk about Stephen Beard, um, who was called out uh, for two of our superlatives in our conversation with the Bearcats, both being the smartest, at least book smart, as also the biggest eater. Um, but this dude was munching up the innings tonight as he went uh, a cool six, a seven, I should say. Uh, seven innings, uh, allowed one run, four hits, one walk, and six strikeouts. Really and impressive. Like, I mean, you know, he, he's lefty, um, but like Atkinson last night, I mean, he was just just slicing and dicing. He was not throwing very hard, and uh, Kansas State did not appear to have much of a chance. Here, uh, we're going to bring Steven's beard on now. <laughs> Steven's beard, how did you throw today? All right. <laughs> uh, Steven, ooh, can you hear that? Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, now, Stephen, Stephen's face. Can you tell us about Stephen's beard's outing? Uh, it was really good. <laughs> he was just crisp. He was filling up the zone. He likes to pitch away, and he was pitching away really well. Yeah. He's just one of those guys. He he's not going to overpower you with the fastball, but he's going to put it in the zone a million times. Uh, quick aside. Yeah. You never say. I mean, it sort of comes up, but. It's always someone is not going to overpower you, as opposed to saying that a pitcher, this pitcher is going to overpower Brody you. Brody Brecht will yeah. overpower the shit out of you. Yes. He will blow yes. your doors off. <laughs> yes. 
but it is. I feel like the the, the word overpower is used eighty percent of the time to say that he is not doing that. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll correct no, myself. No, it's good. I'm not he, saying he it's, will it's underpower you. <laughs> Perfect. That's much better. He will, but right? that he won't. Let's use more like. But that kind feels of, like I'm being mean to him. It yep. feels more mean than saying not gonna overpower you. I think it's actually more <laughs> respectful to speak in the affirmative. That's that what I mean. Sense. I think that yeah. Anyway, uh, so but he was what great. If we go inter- interrogative. He's gonna overpower you with the fast. I don't know. You're, I don't know. You 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 lost what? me, Steve. I have no idea. Is that uh, a movie? Here is here is here is what stands out to me about this uh, box score. Is that every guy they scored eight runs and it was the top eight guys in the order each scored one run. It's very clean, very crisp. Um, I know, <laughs> I know they did get a homer uh, from Easton Lloyd late that kind of put it away. But what else? There were a couple interesting moments in this game, but but. Uh, yeah, Jack, go ahead. Let's talk about it. We have unfortunately not had a whole lot of tension here at the Round Rock. And, and we did in this game for about three minutes. For about three <laughs> minutes, we had some tension with the Bearcats up four to one, runners on second and third, I believe, or first and second. First and second with one out. Little loopy doopy blooper into the outfield. And the runners come around to score to make it four to three. Very tense and then we have runners on first uh, there's a walk end up having runners on first and second ball driven into the gap by it was roberto pena right who yes roberto pena. ripped one into the gap and carlos Contreras made an absolutely phenomenal diving catch hitting the turf full extension snagging it right before it touched the lawn hopping up and what did he see he saw matt goodwin passing the runner nick, ahead of nick. him what do you say nick goodwin nick goodwin Passing the runner ahead of him, and that was the inning. I well, it was like because I, I watched the ball and, and he caught it, and I was like, "Oh, this could be this could be a double play." And I was like, "Well, he didn't even have to throw it." And then you well, then you look back at the field and you just see two Kansas oh. State runners standing next to each other, and it's like, uh, "Wow!" So, yeah. Steve, you were sitting down, I believe, behind home for this. Yes. So, what was your uh, vantage point for this play? So, I was trying to film it, and I was watching on my phone screen. Forgot I could use my eyes, real life, and so I look up after. That's a rookie mistake. Yeah, man. yeah. I, I know, I know that feeling, but yeah, you're, you'll 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 we're, get better. We're at learning. That. Yeah, we're learning. We're yeah. still new. I'm still fresh. Yeah, but sure. I watched him stand up, and it looked like the ball, from my level and perspective, he was far away. It kind of looked like the ball might have gotten out. Mm. Like, you couldn't really tell. And then I looked at the field, and everybody was everywhere. It was <laughs> like That is a good way to describe it. Was it was like when your teacher leaves the classroom for three minutes and goes, you guys better keep working, and they come back, and you're you know, on, on your desk doing flips and shit. Yes. That that's what happened. Yeah, and it was extremely unfortunate. Um, not only because it killed the rally, but it killed it killed the tension, as, as Jake said. Now, look at that point; it was still it was still four to three, and it was like, all right, well, you know what? They're still gonna be hopefully, you know, we clean top of the ninth, and then you know we go bottom nine. Just gotta score one. The, the offense is starting to wake up. You know, we gotta get to this Sam Houston bullpen. <laughs> And instead, uh, the Bearcats just put up another four runs at the top of the ninth, and the tension was ripped away from us uh, once again. Uh, I will say, uh, give a little credit, I, mean, I guess we did it, did it backwards, but Nick Goodwin did have a nice evening. We did not get to see Kalen Culpepper tonight after he injured himself in the first game yesterday, which was unfortunate. That, that certainly cost them on defense uh, several times. It seemed like they were kind of out of sorts in many, at many points during this game. And, and that's a big story from today, right, is that Orlando Salinas Jr. was kind of forced into the role at third base, a position he's not necessarily comfortable with, and he made 
you know, I think one error and botched two other plays that maybe should have been outs. Yeah, and it's a tough scenario because the ball found him today. Yeah. And it's hard to blame a guy who, you know, all winter, no one's thinking, all right, what do we need to do with third base? No, like Kalen Culpepper is your third baseman. He's very, very skilled over there. Right. right? The, the type of situation where if you're doing drills, you have one guy at third, mm-hmm. right? And it's just Culpepper. And then he got hurt. It sounds like he's not going to need surgery or anything was the news that we heard today on him. Yeah. As, as we know now. Unlikely he plays tomorrow, but hopefully we'll be back sooner rather than And later. that's going to be huge for, for K-State just on offense. Like, it was, it was good to see Goodwin. You know, he had two hits, a walk, and he did he had a very impressive homer late in this game as they were coming back. But uh, he, him and Pena might really have to start carrying this offense because without Culpepper, that could be trouble. Uh, Steve, any other uh, takeaways from this game? No, just Sam Houston plays the game hard. Like, yeah. They are always looking to scrape across a run any way they can, and it shows. Like, when they're in pressure situations, it doesn't get to them. They just rely on going balls to the wall, really, and finding a way to manufacture runs, whether that be, you know, grounding it out, but having a hard 90, putting pressure on the defense, end up having them throw it away. Mm-hmm. That, that can happen. And, you know, Salinas, I think he did, a, he did an okay job because – Switching to third base is, like, one of the hardest positions to do because it's different from, okay, I can rely on my fundamentals of this is how I feel to ground ball. It's, oh, shit, this ball's here. Like, it got hit, and it's it's either in my glove it or arrived. it's not. And yeah. people just hit rockets to third base or slow rollers. That's why third base is such a hard position, and it's so hard to judge whether they made an error or if it was a hit because it's always a rocket. And – yeah, that plain and simple right there. I think I think the more experience he gets, he'll get better at it, but hopefully Culpepper comes back yeah, before he Yeah, I hope that's not serious cuz that would be super duper unfortunate for them. But yeah, I mean, I I'm just I I just love that here we are and and uh you know, is this an official tournament? Is this a regional? No, but you know, it's cool to see the team from the WAC is the team that's undefeated so far. Um, in this in this little little Carbach Round Rock Classic. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any other uh, big takeaways or any thoughts going into tomorrow? I just Google mapped it. It's a 123-hour walk from Louisiana State University to Sam Houston State. Sam okay. Houston University. Yep. Well, I, well, what's the point? What are you trying it's to say? Walk? It's, it's a 123-hour walk, walk. Between the two schools we're going to see play tomorrow, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So what does that mean? I don't know. Steve? I just you want to work on right. our calves? <laughs> Jace like, "All right. So, how many This hours is a thing that is true. 123? 123 hours from LSU to Sam Houston. Oh, that's what? Like 11 days? No, less than that. <laughs> Way less than that. My bad. That was a really confident. That was, that was some really math. confident math that, that was, was very Well, wrong. what you got to factor Steve, in is the fact that I am going to be eating food on the walk on the pilgrimage, <laughs> which you guys know what happens when you eat food. I like the idea what that happens? explosive <laughs> diarrhea. Everybody gets that, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's two days in itself each time. <laughs> I like how Cause I, you're chafed. I said something completely nonsensical, and Steve was like, Hold my beer. I got you. I, I got, got you, man. I'll, I'll run I'll with make, this one. You, you asked me big takeaways from the game. I'm lost. <laughs> you asked me this. This I know. 
Uh, I am very excited to watch LSU and Sam Houston State tomorrow. What which, happens? which, to be honest, was not how I felt two days ago when Correct. I was looking at the slate. And now I'm very, very, very excited uh, for that one. The um, level of recency bias right now in my head is crazy. I'm like, oh, Sam Houston. My mind is like, Sam Houston could beat the Padres. Yeah. Yeah, no, I it's great. It's 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 awesome. And like Sam Houston, I know LSU has Texas in a midweek on Tuesday, so they're probably thinking about that too. But again, it, if you struggle with Sam Houston, I mean, who could, Sam Houston? They might be better than Texas. Who am I to say that? I mean, my goodness, like it's early, and they look like the best uh, the best team I've ever seen. So uh, yeah, maybe Travis Sakura should consider committing to Sam Houston instead. Um, anyway, uh, beyond beyond that, we will be back tomorrow night with a recap of day three as well as a broader look at the the rest of the weekend um but you know i like this 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 actually worked out well because we if L, you know even if we weren't here we would have been talking about lsu losing anyway yeah <laughs> so yeah absolutely by iowa would have been near the top of the agenda regardless so plus weird things happen in the game ejections yes. tons of walks yes so we'll we will get to the other stuff around the country i know we had all kinds of other fun upsets We'll make sure we cover that on tomorrow's uh, uh, regular uh, edition of the Shock Factor. But um, with that, uh, Stephen Shock, any final thoughts? I know you did a broad- some broadcasting. Another part, you you went on uh, with our, our new friend Jason Jason Barfield. He's he's good people. The the voice of the of the Bearcats. How was that experience? It was awesome. We to listened. Be, we listened to be with the we voice of the number one sports baseball team in the nation exactly exactly it's an honor did i do terrible you can tell me was it uh, decent no i was really impressed considering how slow you talk yeah for radio play-by-play you were killing it really you were great no i'm not i'm not joking honestly we were sitting with mike farron and he he's the one that was like we got to listen to shock and he was like and that's actually his job so you shouldn't really be asking me how i feel about your play-by-play but even mike farron was like He's doing. He's doing okay here. He's doing. Okay. I'll take that. I so, will take okay. So yeah. Um, I mean, I'd rather. Again, I think we don't. Let's have leave Jason have his job. I mean, he's doing great. Yeah. He's doing much yeah. better than you. He has. It. But, <laughs> but it's his. Yes. But uh, but no, you you definitely did not completely embarrass yourself, which is a huge cool. win for all of us. That's that's more than I can say about my first communion. So. Uh, <laughs> Stephen, uh, the uh, final word uh, on this episode of the Shock Factor podcast. Carbosh. Literally, you asked. I mean, you asked him for a final word. Yeah, so. just one. Okay. That's what, ask me what I'm going to drink tonight. Okay, I'll ask you again. What are you going to drink Carbach. tonight? Carbach. It's different than what Yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to pronounce it better this time. Okay. I struggle with the CHs, as you know, with my last name. It's yeah, just, and the name say. of this podcast, the, the Scosh Factor. Should we be calling you Shosh for the rest of the weekend? No, it's too close to Chosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How about that? All right. Yeah, We're done. Sense. We're done. We'll talk. Bye, everybody. <laughs>